0: Finding freedom in finance. Um, I know it's been a while, it's been a long time, but I got the itch and I want to come back and I want to do this more often. I've already got a couple scripts written out, including this episode here. So, um, welcome back to another episode. Thank you for listening, and I guess I'll go ahead and get right into it. Um, The first thing, the main thing I want to talk about on my return to this podcast. It's going to be a solo affair from now on. It's just going to be me now that I'm at college. So I want to talk about um, what I think is an interesting kind of perspective. It's not necessarily fact. I mean, there's a lot of debate about this topic, but I think it's a fun kind of argument to make. And it's kind of about the inflation that no one is talking about right now. Um, Obviously, inflation is absolutely everywhere. It's in every single headline. Inflation was up 6.2% in october 6.8 percent in november 7 percent. in december so you can't get away from the inflation headlines that's all anyone wants to talk about on the news that's all anyone wants the president to address wants the Biden administration to address but i think it'd be interesting to make kind of a case for a different type of inflation that no one's talking about because all anyone can focus on is a uh, goods and service inflation, price inflation from that way. You get headlines like that, like we've had the highest inflation since 1982 um, from Guardian Business, that was in relation to November. So so December's numbers are even higher than that. But I wanted to talk about kind of a different inflation that I think is an interesting argument, a different, different thought experiment and see kind of where we go from there. So the first thing I want to talk about is asset inflation. So we all know what goods and services are, things that you buy and you consume. And we all kind of know what assets are, things that generate a return. Um, If you're in a business, things like land, labor, capital, those are assets, things you can use to produce more, produce more of your product, of your service, anything like that. And an asset in investment terms is pretty similar where you invest in something, you invest in an asset that you expect to yield a return, right? When you buy, when you buy a car, you know, right when you drive off the lot with that car, it's going to lose around half its value. So you're not buying a car with the intent to sell it in a few years for even more profit, right? Cars are not a good investment unless, you know, it's becomes a classic in 45 years, but I don't think that's the goal anyway. Um, but an asset is very different and so let me lay out some statistics where the s&p 500 has more than doubled since the end of march 2020 since the uh, bottom of the covid crash um we had one of the steepest crashes in market history when the coronavirus everybody realized coronavirus was not going to be a come and go thing it was going to be a lasting impact that we still feel today um even though the S&P usually only returns around eight to 10% a year over the past 20 months, it is more than doubled, you know, and you say, well, that's because the S&P 500 went down so much at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of 2020 because of COVID It is, you know, you're, you're comparing it to the bottom. So it doesn't really count, but you know, even since the pre pandemic high at the peak of a 10 year bull market, because the stocks have been going up um, from 2008, from the bottom of the financial crisis, to the top before the COVID crash. Even then, stocks are up around 42%. I got the data um, a couple weeks ago, and stocks have fallen a little bit since then, but it's somewhere around 40%, which is crazy. Even from the top of a 10-year bull market, we still, in less than three years, have we've still gone up. Over 40%. We still are outpacing normal markets, even though we had a massive crash in the middle of that. And the p- previous peak was at the peak of a 10-year bull market, um, which is pretty unprecedented in and of itself to have a 10-year bull market like that. If you look at the stock market chart, it's pretty astonishing, even up till 2020. And real estate prices have skyrocketed too, up 34 per- up 34% um, higher than a year ago, and higher than pre-pandemic levels. And obviously. Um, crypto, obviously, maybe not considered an asset, but I thought it'd be something to um, include here because it's something people buy with the intent to sell later at a higher price. It's something people consider an investment, even though it could, even though it may be more speculative. You know, I'll still call it an asset here just for the argument's sake. Um, and then you, you compare that to the economy. Um, GDP growth is only up around 6.9%. Um, from pre-pandemic levels, while stock market growth is around 10% a year and the economy's growth is only 3% a year, it's still a major disconnect between asset price growth and economic growth. Because even when stock market returns outpace um, economic growth by by 7%, it still is a very big disconnect that we have between the bottom of the pandemic from assets and the bottom of the pandemic from the economy. And the divergence, so it's still a, it's still a big connect disconnect from the economy to the stock market into asset growth, um, and why why is that? Well, one of the one of the reasons I think that may be, and an interesting theory goes the way of the Federal Reserve. Um, This is called, this phenomenon is called asset inflation, and this is one way we might be able to explain asset inflation. So what happened? The Fed lowered rates to zero. So what does that mean? That means that whenever you borrow money, your interest rates are going to be very low. Obviously, they're not going to be entirely zero, but the Fed lowered was the rate with which banks trade to each other. So when a bank loans another bank, it's going to be around 0%. Um, between zero and 0.25 percent, because it's a range, it's not actually a specific number. Um, when the Fed lowers rates, they actually buy bonds, and what this does is it decreases the supply, increases the demand, drives the price up, and because they drive the price up, they lower the yield, um, percent yield on these bonds. So think about think about it this way: if you have a hundred dollar stock and it gives you a one dollar dividend. It pays a dividend of 1% a year. But if that, same, if that same stock goes up to $200, it doubles, but it's still only paying that $1 dividend. All of a sudden, that dividend yield has fallen to a half percent instead of 1%. So, if you're using those same kind of economics, because the Fed is buying these bonds, the, pr- the, pr- the price is going up. And the yield is staying the same, so the percent yield is actually decreasing. So what this does is it means all of a sudden you get you get no um, you get no yield on your savings. Um, you think about your bank account and your savings and your savings account; those fell when the Fed cut interest rates in 2020. Um, but a little bit more into that later. The Fed also pumped money into the economy through quantitative easing. They released a bunch of money into the system, and when you think about what inflation is, if you boil inflation down to its um, purest form, inflation is more money chasing the same or the le- or less amount of stuff. Um, you think about you think about the Fed releasing all of this money through quantitative easing. That money goes to these financial institutions, and these financial institutions invest this money. you think about goods inflation inflation is similar where all of this money through stimulus checks through these big bills because the government is also a purchaser of goods and services they may be different but they still raise prices um and more money chasing the same amount of stuff means you can charge more for that stuff and it's the same way with assets it's no different um and we see a combination of three things with rates at zero investors are less likely to invest in bonds So when you don't invest in bonds, you have to invest in something else to get a return because you're just not getting a return from bonds. So where do they go with that? They go to stocks. They go to real estate. They go to crypto. The Fed, the money the Fed printed, is also chasing some of these assets being distributed to banks um, through the quantitative easing system, where in this quantitative easing system, to where quantitative easing is where the Federal Reserve creates money and they buy They buy assets with it and that is exactly how money is created because the money was not transferred for something else The Fed just dreamed it up and transferred it to bank accounts because 90% of the money in this world is digital If you tried to withdraw if everyone tried to withdraw all their money from a savings account in the world Only 10% of people would get their money back because there just isn't that much paper money. It's not paper money It's all digital money. It's all coded money Um, There's very little actual dollars in this world. Most of the dollars mean nothing because not everyone wants their dollars at once. If everyone wanted their dollars at once, everything would crash. But that's a discussion for a different time. I just think that's interesting where everything that we think is real in that way, a lot of that isn't real. Most of that money isn't real. But the whole point is that the Fed just imagined this money and gave it to banks and now all of a sudden there's more money in the system. And the banks use that money however they please And whether the banks do it themselves or it trickles down to customers either way some of that money a decent portion of that money gets invested and once again where is it going to go exactly where the not into bonds anymore that's exactly where it's not going to go because bond rates are at zero and if you think about what i was saying earlier with the savings accounts people are less likely to save so what does that mean these people are going to either spend this money, which a decent amount will be spent. Not all of it, though, because if you think about people, that money was earmarked for saving, but now it's not going to be anymore because there's no yields on the savings accounts. It might be invested instead. So it's either chasing goods or it's chasing assets, both, which leads to inflation. And that's what we've seen, is there's less stuff to invest in, right? If we think about more money chasing the same or less amount of stuff, there's less stuff to invest in because bonds are no longer attractive. Treasury yield, treasury bonds, because the bond market is bigger than the stock market. But if bonds are no longer that attractive because rates are so low and people aren't putting their money into bonds anymore, there's less stuff to invest in because now it's going to go into stocks, real estate, crypto. Those are the three main other assets people look at whenever they're looking to invest for the long term. The money that was going into bonds is now going to be going into that. And there's more money to begin with because of the um, expansionary QE um, quantitative easing because of rate cuts, all of those things create more money, which is now going into less investments. So that could kind of be an interesting thought experiment, an interesting way to rationalize this insane climate climate asset prices that we've seen since March of 2020. Um, so that's an interesting experiment that I think may be right. I'm sure some of it has to do with rebounding economy, of course, but more money chasing less stuff. But not to sound like a Debbie Downer, but it, it's going to be over soon. And we've already kind of seen it. Um, the Federal Reserve has predicted three rate increases this year, and other people are expecting four or five percent rate increases of a quarter point. Not only that, the Federal Reserve is also slowing down the money printer. They're decreasing the amount of money, new money coming into the system. There will be no more quantitative easing by, I think, around March of this year, 2022. So there's going to be less money. And if they raise interest rates, bonds may start to be more attractive again because the bonds are going to yield something. Savings accounts are going to yield something. And so people might start putting money back into bonds, which will increase the amount of stuff people to invest in and there's going to be less money more stuff means there might be a drawdown in stocks and i'm not the only one that's that's um thinking about this if we if you look at the numbers the nasdaq is down seven percent in 2022 it's been 19 days i'm recording this on the 19th so the nasdaq is down at least 7% I think it was down again today, and I think that specific um, that statistic was from a day ago or a day or two, a day or two ago, but point is Nasdaq is already down around 7% in This calendar year which makes sense um, Speculative assets are going to go down once safer assets begin to yield more Because you can't get anything from bonds you have to go somewhere else for return but if bonds come back, if you were able to get a return on bonds, you may not have to get so risky as to investing in technology stocks in order to get a return. So we've already seen major stocks. PayPal's been hit hard. I think that's down forty percent. Squares down something like fifty percent. A lot of these technology stocks, specifically in the financial sector, but that doesn't really mean that doesn't really matter that much. But just in general, we've seen tech being hit hard as evidenced by the NASDAQ. The SP, um, the Dow. They haven't been hit as hard. They're, they're generally bigger stocks that can weather just about anything. But some of these riskier companies that people don't necess- won't necessarily want to speculate on once safer assets begin to yield more. And that's just human psychology. And what's even more important about the human psychology is people are anticipating that now, so they are already selling these technology stocks. People already think, oh, technology stocks are going to go down. So they sell their technology stocks, which then make them go down. That's an interesting part of human psychology, where because people think something goes down, it's actually going to go down, which is kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I thought that was interesting, Um, an interesting thought experiment, an interesting way to explain what we've seen since the uh, bottom of the pandemic. And this isn't meant to sound like doom and gloom. Um, I think it's an opportunity. I've been buying some stuff. I mean, I mentioned PayPal and Square, but I've been buying some of these really good, really solid companies that have been hit incredibly hard by the the rate hikes that are coming soon. The uh, interest rate hikes that the Fed is going to um, the Fed is going to raise interest rates over the next year and into the future to try and tame this inflation. So it's not meant to sound like doom and gloom. It's been an opportunity. I've been buying this all the way down. Um, I'm definitely been Losing quite a bit and I'm just kind of following it down because I believe in the long-term strength of some of these really good companies That are being swept up in this fear because people think these stocks are going to go down and because people think they are they are and I think it's an incredible opportunity. That's just a personal opinion, but I think this is an interesting dive into the inflation that no one's been talking about. Um, So I believe this was an interesting topic to dive into that may have explained what we've seen over the past couple of years and where I think we may go and where we already have gone. I think the fears may be overblown. Some of these stocks that are down heavy, which are really good, really solid companies that have been hammered by because of these, supposed these um, rate hikes in the future. And so, it's an interesting narrative to look at, and it's an interesting narrative to think about, which I thought would make a great episode for you guys to to kind of ponder and see what you think about something like that. Um, so it was a different kind of episode, so I think that's an important perspective to look at it from, and I think it's an interesting one to ponder. Um, it's going to be a little bit shorter of an episode. I think that about wraps it up as far as the asset inflation, which I think is... Like I said, it's something I wanted to mention because everyone is so caught in goods and service inflation that no one ever thinks about asset inflation. Hopefully, I'll get another one out by next week. Um, I would like to talk about Bitcoin. Um to be a very interesting one for sure, but it's kind of my thoughts on Bitcoin. I've done a lot, I've done a decent amount of research, a lot of listening, not a, a lot of watching, seeing what other people think about Bitcoin, kind of rationalizing it in my own head. And I think next week I'm going to tackle it. So it will probably be a longer episode than this one. I hope it'll make up for it. This one's only going to sit around 20 minutes where I've hit some 30-40s in the past. But I still thought this was an interesting one, even if it is going to be shorter, be kind of an interesting episode for my return, get me back into the swing of things, and hopefully you all enjoy it. Um... And I will see you next week for the talk on Bitcoin. Um, thank you and have a good rest of your day. And um, just a little note that I want to add at the end of this episode here. I'm kind of adding, adding it as I'm editing it. Um, first, I just want to say sorry for the audio quality. It's a little rougher in this episode. As I've been getting back in the swing of things, it wasn't quite as clean as I think some of the other episodes have been and some what I want these episodes to be. So uh, thank you for bearing with me on that. And also, if you like what I'm doing, I'd appreciate it if you would give me a review on Apple Podcasts, if that's where you're listening from, or just share it with somebody. I do want to grow my audience. I I just do this because I think it's fun and I like to do it and it gets me to research some topics that I think are very interesting. But I'm not going to lie if I'd said I didn't want to grow an audience because I really think it's very cool and I like what I'm doing. So if you like it too, I'd just appreciate some support. Um, thank you very much, and I will see you next time.